Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Remain standing. If you, how many of you have vote? We have strings every week. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Yeah, love it. Hey, let's lift our hands to the Lord this morning. Attach your heart and your mind with that this morning. Father, we come to you this morning. We gather in your name. You promised that if we gather in your name that you'd be right here in the midst of us. And so, Lord, I just pray for your comfort and peace and strength and help today. Lord, make your presence so very real. I sense your presence, God. And I pray for every one of us today. Pray for those that are hurting. Pray for those that maybe feel a little distant from you today. Just let them know you're near. Draw them closer and closer to yourself today. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to deliver your word today. I believe that this message is so important. It's so helpful today. Help me to do that. And Lord, when everything is said and done today, we want that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, Jesus, may you be pleased, may you be honored, and may these your people, every single one of them, be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen and amen. How about a huge welcome for our East Campus, online campus. God bless you. So glad you're with us. It's going to be a good one. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, it is good to be here and good to be back. And um, I've missed a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks ago, uh, my stepfather had passed. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. And um, so I took that Sunday off. Pastor Tom Fox, our executive pastor, stepped in and ministered so strong on that. Uh, and then, then we find out that we were, uh, we tested positive for COVID. And so like when the lady called me and said, you're positive, and I said, are you positive? You know, <laughs> and, and I always get that mixed up, you know, is it positive good, positive's bad. And, um, and um, so I was out last week for that. Very thankfully, we're very grateful and very um, humbled that our, our symptoms were very, very mild. My son Gabe had none. Uh, Alicia took it a little bit harder than I did. And then um, my biggest thing was my energy just kind of went. And this is not like me at all, but I found myself sleeping 10 hours a night. And I like it. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure that one out. But, um, but last week, then Pastor Jordan Vale, Dr. Jordan Vale, um, ministered for you strong as well. And here's the thing, I kind of boxed those guys in a little bit because I wanted to stay with this series. And so I passed on those notes. So they kind of wore you know, Saul's armor, so to speak, and uh, did just a fabulous job. So could we thank Pastor Tom, Pastor Jordan? I'm, I'm so grateful. Well, we are in this series called Anti-Anxiety. Come on, everybody say Anti-Anxiety. And you should really lean on that anti part because we are definitely anti. Now, you're going to have anxiety, um, all of us deal with anxiety, but that's the thing. We want to deal with it. And you understand this, and I'm not just playing with words. You deal with anxiety, or anxiety will deal with you. Now, the things come to us to cause us to be anxious, but we've got to know what to do with those. And it impacts all of us. All of us deal with this, so all of us need to know how to deal with it. So, welcome to group counseling. 
And we're going to continue and dive in this week and next week uh, on some things that are going to help us so much in, in this important, important uh, subject. Now, here's how life works, and this also determines the level of your peace or your anxiety. Two things, really. First of all, what you can control, what you can control. You have things that are going to happen every day that you can control. And if you can do something about things, then do what you can. Do what you can control. The second factor is this, how you respond to what you cannot control. And maybe you have anything going on that you cannot control. There's things macro and micro. I can't do anything about that. So how is it that you respond to those things? Those are what are so critically um, important. So we've given you two keys. I live by these. I really have tried to seriously for decades, and, and they work. These are keys or tools or weapons that help us as, as we deal with anxiety. The first one is this, give it over to God. Come on, everybody say it good and loud. Give it over to God. And I would say to you this morning, if you're anxious, if you're worried about something, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but probably here's the deal. You have not given it over to God. So you're carrying something that you're really not equipped or wired to carry. And so what we have to do is give it over to God. What this actually is, is trust. It's trust. And, and we, when we fail to trust, we fail to give it over. And the reason we fail to trust God sometimes is, well, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how he's going to figure this out. You should just rest assured he's smarter than you. And he can, he can do what you couldn't imagine because he is God. How many of you, God has gotten you through things before you, you couldn't have figured that out, okay? And, and so often, I find this all the time in my life. What are we going to do? How's it going? And the next thing you know, you're through it. And, and God is faithful. So this is also prayer. The, the, the way you activate this is through prayer. And out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 in the New Living Translation, it says this, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. See if you remember that. Don't worry about Instead, pray about everything. So instead of worrying about this, you pray. But it's not, it, it's this kind of prayer. It's this kind of prayer. It's intentional it is heartfelt, it is unrushed, where I transfer the burden off of my soul and over into God's hands. That's what you do in that prayer, where you give it over to God. Come on, everybody say it. Give it over to God. Second part is this. The second tool or weapon is get in this moment. So that you remember it, go ahead and say it with me. Get in this moment. Your five senses... And you have five senses. You know what? I lost my sense of smell for a few days this past week. That's weird. That's weird. So what I found, though, is I, I would take like peanut butter or Ovaltine. I was just trying to test to see if I could, could smell things. But your senses, back on point, your senses are for now. All of them are for now. You're actually wired for the present. And you and I are not good time travelers. And by that, I mean this. If you worry about the past, that's called depression. If you worry about the future, that's called anxiety. You need to stay out of the past. You need to stay out of the future. We talked about godly planning early on in this. But get out of the past. Get out of the future. Get in this moment. And typically, if you're all anxious and worked up, you haven't given it over to God, you're not in this moment. And this, this helps you so, so much. Now, I try to not only practice what I preach, but I also try to 
preach what I practice. And I've had plenty of opportunity recently to do these things. And uh, I want to go over a list, and this is not my, my tearjerker list, but this is just some reality, and you, you can probably relate too, that I've had plenty of opportunity to, to do these things. First thing is this, four syllables, 2020. Can anybody remember a year like this, you know? Um, and we'll get through it. We'll get through it. We're almost through it. Thank God. And I'm believing for better. Anybody believing for better? And in the course of this year, I mean, um, leading a, a ministry, leading my family, um, needing to be involved in, in multiple, multiple crises and different families and so forth, helping people to walk through those things. And then just over two months ago, uh, my stepfather, he was almost 88 years old, he fell and he broke his neck. He broke his C1 uh, vertebrae. And as the surgeon told me, he said, that's the one that turns and tilts and holds your head on. And because of other conditions in his body, he wasn't able to have surgery. I, I was his healthcare surrogate. I was his power of attorney. And so he started out in the Villages Hospital, and he went to Leesburg Regional, and then he went up to Shands ICU, and then Shands Intermediate, and then back to Ocala, to Advent and Kindred. And um, I just didn't want him by, by himself and was advocating for him. So for uh, pretty much almost every day for two months, I made sure that I was there. I was his des designated visitor, too, and I was thankful that I could at least do that. And then on December 1st, I uh, had the privilege with one of my, my sister and one of my stepsisters to actually be standing there with him as he passed and went on into heaven. And I was so aware of this in the moment. And I, and I was able to have the talks with him and to thank him and to forgive him and to tell him I loved him and, and, to, and to say, buddy, you're about to go home. You're real close to, you know, to going home and not, not home like your place, but his place. And, and to go and to be there and to have that is a beautiful thing. And he had so much pain in his body that I was just so aware. And let, let me go and give you an update on my stepdad. He's all good. He's all good. Um, for him to leave his body, because you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body, and that body just racked with pain, for him to be able to leave that and go into the joy and the presence of the Lord, that's a beautiful thing. But that took a lot of toll. And then, like I said, you know, shortly thereafter, then we find out we tested positive for COVID and, you know, going through um, that. And again, we're just, we were super grateful and humbled that, you know, our, our symptoms were, were mild. My son gave none. And uh, we're just grateful for that and grateful to be back. But that's a whole lot of things just going on. And what do you do with that? You can lay down and you can cry about that. And you might off and on, but you know what? You give it over to God. You get in this moment. And I'm going to tell you something. God is faithful. Amen. Amen. Well, here's some things you've heard. Tis the season to be jolly. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We have all of those things. So the expected emotion this time of year is happy, okay? That's the expected one. The projected emotion of, of this time of year is also happy. 
And we live in a social media obsessed and an addicted culture. And so people like to project this unrealistic, perfect life. You know, so I may come home, my wife said, oh, I saw pictures online of the so-and-so family, and they're all so tan and toned, and their kids are beautiful and behaving, and they're at some island. And I said, no, 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 that must be Throwback Thursday, because I just saw them in Target. <laughs> and they ain't none of that, all right? And, and we try to project that this happy kind of thing. And can I tell you something? Don't do that. Don't do that. The other, the other end of it, because real life is a mix, the other end of it is some people just want to give this full embrace to angst and sorrow and everything's going bad for me and play the victim. Don't do that either. Don't do that either. Realize that life is a mix and, and use any platform you have. Use it to be an encouragement to somebody and be real. Amen. Amen. Now, <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about this year, and I am believing for better, but 2020 was a year of the unexpected. Anybody here have anything unexpected that kind of happened? All right. It's also a year of disruption. So many things disrupted. The, the way we do things, approach things, so many things disrupted. And then it's been a year also of disappointment. And I want to talk about disappointment today. First of all, let me give you a principle about disappointment. Disappointment is not in what you find, but in what you expected to find. Okay, read that with me. Disappointment is not in what you find, but in what you expected to find. So if you bought an old used minivan that had four previous owners, and the last two owners were daycares, and you buy that thing and get in there and the carpet's a little torn up and the upholstery's a little messed up, you bought it. But if you were expecting it to be a Range Rover or a new Mercedes or something, you're disappointed. You go, I, can't, I can't believe it. You know why? Because it wasn't in what you found. It's what you expected to find. Now, I don't know where you're going to eat today if you eat out, but you know, if you go to Waffle House... Don't expect Mark's Prime. <laughs> Are y'all with me? And so, nothing wrong with Waffle House, but just be expecting Waffle House. Exactly. Y'all are the smart crew. <laughs> so, disappointment is not in what you find, but what you ex expected to find. Look in Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. So hope, that's what you desire. Hope is what you expect, okay? And then hope when it is deferred, when it is delayed, when it is altered, when it is removed, it makes the heart, and this Old Testament word for heart here, it's the center, it's the seat, it's the core of who you are. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It makes it weak. It makes it worn. It brings pain. It makes it kind of flat. And so that's what disappointment does to us. And I want to show you a digression here of what happens. First of all is disappointment. Come on, everybody say disappointment. And that means that something I expected, something I'd hoped for, did not happen or it did not happen like I'd hoped or expected. Y'all here? 
And so disappointment literally means not, no, no, not yet, not yet. No, no, come back. There we go. I'm disappointed. <laughs> but I'll be all right. Disappointment literally just means not as appointed, not as expected. And so when that happens, uh, it frustrates your expectancy. If you're not careful and if you don't deal with it here, then it goes to, I don't know if you knew this, but there's another word coming. Here it comes, discouragement. (laughs) There it is now. So discouragement is, you ready? It's, It's a negative expectancy. Where with disappointment, I had a positive expectation that didn't come to pass. So now I have a negative expectancy. I lose courage, discouraged. I lose courage, and now I expect negative. Where it started out, I expected something good and desirable. Now you begin to expect negative, and it makes you ripe for worry about the future. Do you remember what we called that? Worry about the future is anxiety. So if I allow this to go past disappointment, and everybody's going to have disappointment, okay? It's what I do with this, because if I don't handle this right, I end up discouraged. And I went from hopeful to now a negative expectation. Anxiety enters in my life, and if I don't cut it out right here, we go down to the third level, which is this despair. And despair is hopelessness. It's just hopelessness. You do not want to end up here. We have to stop this whole digression here. Now, hopelessness, I, I did a series earlier in the year, a seven-part uh, seven series called Anchored, and we talked about hope. And the soul is healthy when hope is present. The soul is healthy when hope is present. But when hope is absent, when hope is gone, fear, despair, they grow, they strengthen, and they spread out into my life. And so what we have to do, we have to stop this digression right here at disappointment. Because if we don't stop it there, now negative expectation and then just hopelessness. And can I tell you who really wants to get you there? The enemy of your soul. The enemy of your soul. He wants to bog you down and and just leave you stuck in this. So we have to learn what to do right here at disappointment. So disappointment comes to us all. Disappointment comes to us all. You're you're going to have things disappoint you. You're going to open presents on Christmas morning. Ah, thanks. You know, I never dreamed I'd get this. You know, or it's what you thought you wanted, and it's not what you thought it was at all. I mean, all the time we're going to have disappointment come to us. Circumstances. People disappoint us. You know who else disappoints you? You disappoint you. Wrong expectations. And what, and what happens is it's easy to make a list of what disappointed you. It's easy to make a list of who disappointed you. How many of you have some people on your list? And so what we've got to do, first of all, is this. Be careful of your list. Go ahead. Be careful of your list. Be careful of your list because some of you are making a list and checking it twice and then etching it in stone 
And what happens with that then, you're creating a negative expectation of others. You're on my list. You know, you've you got to let some people go. You've just got to release some people that have failed you and disappointed you. Otherwise, you end up with what the Bible calls a root of bitterness, and it poisons you, and it poisons people around you. So be careful of your list. Here's what you should do. Be mindful of God's list. Be mindful of God's list. You need to know the list of God's promises and, and the list of God's ability. And, and just think back. Has he been good to you? Has he been kind to you? Has he been patient to you? Has he been generous? Has he, has he, has he been merciful to you? Is anybody in this place today? You know, and, and think of God's list. Be mindful of God's list. And you'll have your own history with God, but that needs to be fortified with God's word. He's written all this down for us. You need to know what God says in his word. Here's the best gift idea for some of y'all, a study Bible, a study Bible. Well, I don't know, get you a study Bible, okay? Call Santa, stop by the mall on your way home, do, do something and buy it yourself. But this is so, so important because folks, you're not gonna make it in these days if you don't have the light of God's word. I'm going to say it again. You're not going to make it in these days. Enjoy yourself half at all and have any light to you if you're not living and loving the light of God's Word. It helps you. It lights up the darkness that we have to walk through. So be careful of your list. Be mindful of God's list. Know this, that on earth, in this life, disappointments will come. I hate to break it to you. You're going to disappoint somebody hate to break this to you. I'll probably disappoint you. Can I let you in on some real conversations? These are actual real conversations happen in this very room, okay? Where I'm talking to somebody and they come up to me and go, Pastor, you are just so funny. And so I invited my friend to come today and you weren't funny at all. <laughs> what do you say to that? Or this one, Pastor, the last few weeks, you have just moved me to tears. And today, you didn't move me at all. <laughs> so, I hate to break it to you, but I'll, I'll disappoint you. You know, ways like I don't ever mean to or intend to. But I want to tell you something. Disappointment comes to all of us, but here's the reality. Look at me. God will never disappoint you. Amen. I said, God will never disappoint you. And you say, well, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed with God because of this or this or this. Trust the Lord. And you'll see. You'll see in time he didn't fail you. There's things you don't know. There's things you can't see. But I promise you, at the end of it all, you're going to see sooner, sooner or later, you're going to see God, God did not fail you. Look, look at some scripture. Romans chapter 10, verse 11. This is in the New American Standard. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him, whoever puts their trust in him, come on, y'all, will not be disappointed. Look in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. For this is contained in scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him, puts his trust in him, come on, y'all, will not be disappointed. God will not disappoint you. God will not fail you. 
Put your trust in Him. And listen, I know you've been through some stuff. I know some of the stories people have been through. And, and if you just take it just at face value, you say, well, God didn't come through. or I, I thought this would turn out differently. Listen, God never ends on a negative. And if it's still negative, He's not done. Do you hear me? Trust Him. Trust Him. He will not fail you. And not only, and watch this, not only, bring this up if you would, not only does the Lord never disappoint, He alone can satisfy. See, we set ourselves up for disappointment. You know, if I have that, if I have them, if I go there, then I'll be satisfied, then I'll be full. And, and you know what? Nothing, nothing does it. You set yourself up for disappointment. If I could only, no, no, if I only, no, it's the Lord that fills. It's the Lord that satisfies our life and helps us to put other things in the right place in our lives. So here you go. Put your hope and expectation in the Lord. Everybody read it with me. Put your hope and your expectation in the Lord. You need to take a walk, take a bath, take a hike, do something, and get alone with the Lord. Bend a knee and get before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm putting my hope in you. I'm putting my trust in you. I'm putting my expectation in you that you will never, ever fail me. You'll never abandon me. You'll never let me down. You'll never leave me alone. Put your hope, put your expectation in the Lord. He alone is faithful. He alone is able. Amen? Now, quickly... And this is where I wanted to get this morning. The root of all insecurity and the root of all anxiety is the belief that God is not present. It's the belief that God is not involved and God is not interested in the details and the difficulty of my life. That makes you insecure. That makes you anxious. I want you to hear it again. The root of all insecurity, the root of of all anxiety is when you or I believe that God is not present, God is not involved, God is not interested in what's going on in my life. And the cure for that? Enter Christmas. God loved you so much, he wanted to come close and get up close and personal and wrap himself in love and come right into our lives. Here's our definition of Christmas. Christmas is the celebration of the entrance of our Savior into the world. Look in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, come on, church. God with us. God with us. God with us as in right now. God with us as in up close. God with us as, as in personal and powerful. God with us means that you're never alone, and you're never without help. And God will never, ever, ever fail you. Amen. Now listen. Dr. Charles Stanley, many of you will know his name. He pastored First Baptist Church of Atlanta for over 50 years. Recently retired. His son is one of my favorite communicators, Andy Stanley. Andy recently did a, an interview with his dad. And this is a real noteworthy quote that his dad said. Now pull this in closing here. Every challenge that we face in life is eventually just a story we tell. Every challenge that we face in life is eventually just a story we tell. And can I add to it? And in the end, you'll be able to say, if you trust the Lord, God was faithful. So whatever you're going through, listen, God will not fail you. He will not 
feel. Yeah, but I never expected. I never thought. I'm so disappointed. Well, hold it right there and don't let it go out down into discouragement. Don't let it go down in despair. Put your hope in God. Put your expectation in God. He's able to do things you could never figure out. And he has promised, I am always with you. And I will never let you down. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? <laughs>